Well, welcome this morning to Rock of Bay County. So grateful and thankful to see all your faces here, and uh, this is awesome. I'm just, I'm so thankful. I'm just so thankful that I get to be a part of this. I think we all feel that way. Amen. Well, I mentioned it uh, right before, but uh, I, I want to say publicly, thank, uh, you know, thank you, Eva. Thank you, my mom. Thank you, Mary Catherine, Mimi. And Cheryl, all the mothers within my family, thank you for who you are, and happy Mother's Day to all of the mothers in here. I want to give you a round of applause. You're amazing. And I, uh, yesterday, or the past couple days, I took a little bit of time off to, to just spend um, with Eva. I'm, you know, I do, I do this stuff, and I do marketing, so it kind of, my days go crazy. And so I, I try to take that time and, and separate it, and we, and the past two days, I got to spend time with, uh, oh man, I swear, it better not start cutting out again. <laughs> uh, but I spent the past couple days with, uh, with Eva and the boys, and we spent some time in Destin and the beach and all kinds of stuff, and we had a great time. But um, <laughs> I was saying, it, I think, I think I, in those moments, I appreciate Eva even more, because as much as I feel like I've got a lot going on, and I'm super busy, and I just, I, it's just crazy, it's like... I literally have it easy whenever I can kind of separate myself sometimes from the craziness and amazingness, but craziness that is Frank and Leo. And they're, uh, they, uh, I took Eva, we were in Destin, and Frank was playing in this little splash park thing over there, and Eva was sitting down just kind of relaxing. And I was like, you know what, I'm, I'm, I'll take Leo. I was like, I'll take Leo. It was like 100 degrees yesterday. And uh, I was like, I'll, just, I'll walk around with him, babe, and you just you sit there and just hang out with Frank and watch him. And It'll be cool because Frank gets out there and plays with everybody, and it's no big deal. But um, she's like, oh, that would be great, Mark. That'd be, and I could see kind of this smirk on her face as she strapped me into this boy, and I'm walking around with this baby. I didn't realize I was getting strapped into a Tasmanian devil. And uh, <laughs> he was, he was uh, he's great. He's awesome, but he is wild. And I came back needing oxygen and an IV for fluids. It was rough. But I'm, I'm so appreciative and thankful uh, for my wife and, and my boys' mothers. And, uh, and there's a song that um, you've probably heard, but I, I love it. I just want to read the words to it real quick, if I have it up, which I more than likely forgot. <clears throat> no, I've got it. Um, but it's from the band Perry, and it says, Mother Like Mine. And says, she's the sky that holds the clouds. She's the lady of the house, a blind believer in all I dare to be. There's no safer place I've found than the shoulder of her white nightgown. Oh, I've got the best and the worst of her in me, and I'd share her if I could. So the wars would all be over, because she'd raise us all as friends. And no one would ever wonder if somebody wanted them. We'd walk on grass that's greener, and our cares would all be freer if the world had a mother like mine. She's our father's one great love. She's the one he wanted most. She's the light in the window of the house I grew up in. Why did I do this to myself? (laughs) Oh man, what in the world was I thinking? 
Uh, she takes the midnight call. She's the bravest of us all. She still sings in the garden. She lets her hair down in. I'm going to stop that. I can't do it. I tried. Didn't work out. <laughs> Man. So, uh, anyways, the reason I'm um, thinking that as I'm losing my contact here. Oh, well, that'll be great today. Um, anyways, but the, uh, the, uh, the, th- the thing I think about, what gets me, what you know, makes me emotional is I think about my mom and the, uh, and she, that shoulder has the, the, tear, the most tears of joy I've ever had and the biggest sorrows I've ever had. And she's handled them both the same way. You know, she, she's just, I love that, a blind believer in all I dare to be. She told me as I was walking in here just a little bit ago, she just said, I, I happened to catch her and we just, we walked in at the same time and it just, she just said, Mark, I'm so proud of you. Like before I could hardly even say Happy Mother's Day, she just said, Mark, I'm so proud of you. It's just, I, I love my mom and I love that motherly spirit. Um, I'm so thankful. So <sighs> I felt like I just at least needed to try, fail, and, um, and just say Happy Mother's Day. So uh, Wednesday night, um, Zach mentioned I, I was kind of on it. I was... I was fired up about um, something I had, I had talked, or I, Yahweh had brought to my attention because I woke up and I've been waking up the past, um, the past few uh, weeks, or past few, probably couple weeks, um, since we've really established this evangelize, I'm going to stop saying evangelize and say redeem Bay County, but, um, but th- this mission that we've had, and, and I've just asked Yahweh, I'm like, you know, I don't want to make those kinds of statements, I don't want to say that here and there be nothing, no meat on that. Like, I don't, we're going to take up an offering and just let it sit there. What are we going to do? I was just like, Yahweh, like, show me. And I don't, I'm not trying to rush it, but I just want, give me an opportunity. If that means, you know, meeting someone and, and shaking their hand and, you know, leading them to, you know, Yeshua and, and all of that kind of stuff, like, I'm open to that. If it's something, you know, that's more, uh, for even more people or there's something, anything, show me. And, um, and the first day I did that, I was, I was just reading on, I think, like my Facebook feed or something. And this super troubling statistic popped up. Something I haven't thought about personally, have never been affected by that I can think of. And maybe I'm wrong, but I would think I would remember something like this. I've seen it, um, you know, people deal with it and uh, people uh, deal with it in their families or whatever. But it's, it, was, it was a statistic about, recently came out in this article about, uh, suicide rates in Bay County, and apparently we're the third, as of 2018, we're the third highest, uh, have the third highest suicide rate um, than in the state, and uh, it continues to climb. It just continues to climb here, and everybody's trying to figure out what that is, and for some reason, right when I, right, I read that, I mean, other than the obvious, you know, shock and the stories, it just, it really hit me. And I don't have I don't have an answer for you in that. I just it's it's something that has that struck me and throughout the week has kind of bothered me and I've just been thinking about and uh, and it's the phrase that kept coming out in my in my mind is this is this this phrase and this <laughs> Holy Ghost is ridiculously amazing because Chris when you're up here singing you started off on these great you know awesome songs and it's just everybody's happy and I was like 
God, I know the message that's in me, and it's, it is happy, it is exciting, but there, it's heavy too, and like, I, I don't want it to be like, yeah, we're up, and then bring it down, but Chris talked about this stuff. Chris talked about what I'm, and the phrase that I've heard that I keep thinking about is what David talks about a lot in Psalms, which is in the day of trouble. He's, he talks about in the day of trouble. Now, David, we've talked about, and everybody knows David, and, and he, the man's a baller, and he is, you know, he's a war hero and all this kind of stuff, and he's, uh, and Yahweh's, he's, he's, he's Yahweh's beloved, and uh, he knows how to worship with the best of them. He's a worshiper, but he still talks about his day of trouble. And so after reading this article, and then, and then even, and keep hearing, and I keep hearing this phrase, you know, in the day of trouble, I start to realize, like, you know, as we fall into redemption, it's not like we're coming up on just everything's good, right? Otherwise, it wouldn't need redeeming. It wouldn't need redemption. Um, but we're going to be meeting those in the day of trouble. And, uh, and it's important for us as leaders in this, as, as the redeemers in this, as the Rock of Bay County, to understand what is our role? What's our response? And I, I know we've said many times, we're pointing them to the source, but, um, but deeper than that, like, you know, what's our heart in this? What's our role? And what, you know, these, I've recently, really, not just from this, reading this, but there's been people that I've been associated with that just have not gotten great news. Um, not good reports. Um, I've had to meet with some people that haven't had good reports. And, I, and as, a new, as someone new in this, uh, being real, I, I fumble over this. Like, how do I handle this, Yahweh? Like, I don't want to just give you some fake, you know, whatever. I want to, I want to like give you the word that Yahweh wants to give you. I want to be his portal into your life. I want whatever you have, Yahweh. If I, if I, if the opportunity is presented, you know, you say, open your mouth. Ben talks about it a lot. Open your mouth and I'll fill it. And uh, I don't want it to be my words, but I, I, I just, I want to be faithful in what you're giving me. And so I've, I've really been, uh, I've really been kind of pursuing this. This has been on my heart. And uh, Robert Allen, if you would come up here. You can go ahead and head up here. Um, you know, this is a man that has, has recently been in the day of trouble um, in a big way, but has walked through. Yeah, come on up. But has uh, walked through it. In a, yeah, absolutely. Yes. Um, and, I, and I asked him today to just give us, I, I mean, there's so much to this story, and, and if he really shared it in its entirety, you know, we'd probably need to do two sessions here. But a lot of us know part of the story, but I want him to give kind of the, uh, an overview of everything and then an update on, on where he's at. Hey, we've been here 11 years now. Um, a lot of you know we went to Lubbock, Texas, and we always uh, referred to that as, as Yahweh's killing field. <laughs> in that, I wasn't there necessarily to help those people as much as it was for God to get in there and destroy some things in me and help me. You know, there's only so much room in here, that, and he's got to move stuff out in order to bring stuff in. Yeah, I know this about Florida because everybody's garages are full of junk. You can't get a car in anybody's garage around here and, uh, because they keep moving around, and they collect stuff, and they don't know how to get rid of it. Well, Yahweh knows how to get rid of stuff. 
And I thought when I came back that, boy, hallelujah, I'm a, I'm a brand new man. I got an empty house. I'm a free-flowing spirit. Little did I know that um, he still needed to do some work in my life. Scriptures say a momentary light affliction produces in us an eternal weight of glory. Those are scriptures you don't find in everybody's promise box. There's a scripture in Colossians that the Apostle Paul actually said, I suffer to make up for some of the sufferings that is lacking in Christ. You go look that up. You don't find that one in anybody's promise box. Very few people even know that's in the Bible. Very few scriptures concerning suffering and difficulties and hardship in the New Testament are negative. They're all there to do something within all of us that either make us better or ultimately make us bitter. It happens, happens all the time. I experienced this when I pastored, and, uh, and it's true for every situation that we're in. So uh, the work of the Holy Spirit has been amazing in my life. It is amazing. I have uh, gone through two surgeries, serious surgeries. Um, I've had uh, radiation done twice on me where they bolt you into this machine and it comes around, you know, and uh, to, to take care of the cancer. I got two forms of cancer and the Holy Spirit has just been working in my life. Um, to recap this, Mark, if you want to fix your, your thing, contact lens, I'll keep going until you get it in. All right, we're good. Yep, I, I'm blind in my left eye, right eye anyway, so if I can do it, you can do that, all right? Just to recap, um, there's so many things, I, so many ways I could take this, but everything that happens to us in Christ when we're in him, it didn't sneak by God. He, 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 you know, look at the book of Job. He let this thing in. He did, honestly, because, and he wants to use things for his glory, to bring things into a place where we become sons, it's all about sonship and developing us. You know, we're redeemed of the Lord. We can't be saved any more than we are. We have the life of Christ in us. It's not about that. It's about our soul, our self-will, our nature, and those things in us that decide, hey, I'm going to do it. The Frank Sinatra syndrome, I did it my way. It's, the, it's that part of us that, that he needs to take care of. And, and through all of these things, I have... Honestly, without boasting, to God be the glory, received things of Yahweh that I could never have received before because of my arrogant, self-righteous, whatever way you want to throw anything in there you know about me. They're real. And hallelujah that there is a place of deliverance and help in Christ. People say to me, he says, well, God could have done a miracle for you. Why didn't he just heal you? Good question. But I have found that sons don't get to be sons by miracles. They get there by overcoming. There's a difference between deliverance, which is we're done, and overcoming where we are working with Christ to overcome the issues that are presented in our life. And we are, every son, every church of the book of Revelation is about producing sonship. And they all had to, he that has ears to hear, let him hear, and he that overcomes. 
Overcoming is one of the most amazing truths we need to grasp into our life. We all want a miracle. Look, I'd take that miracle any day. But you know what? Will I take it at the expense of being less than the son that Yahweh has made me to be? I'm not so sure about that. My carnal flesh says, yeah, let's get out of here. Let's finish this thing up. I'll just go ahead and do my carnal thing till the day I pass on to be with the Lord. But you know, there are greater things, greater things that he has want to produce in each and every one of our life. Recap what happened. A few things. I had to make some serious transformations in my thinking. In my, when I had radiation done twice, once in my spine, the other is in, my, in my, my rib cage where I had a spot that was so big it actually busted one of my ribs. I had to have a, a vertebrae removed and re-put back in. I got now a spinal surgery where I've got a plate in there, and then I ended up with renal cancer. And all of these things, the doctors come in with their templates. The templates are, where's Don? mortality tables, if anybody's worked in the insurance industry, you know what I'm talking about. They say, well, let's see now, you're 68 years old, and you've got this, and uh, you've got that, and uh, we're looking here, and it says, well, you've got about a 5.9% chance of living for five years. That was with the prostate cancer. Then I went back with the renal cancer. He says, we're not even worried about the the prostate cancer because the renal cancer is like prostate's down here, the renal's way up here, you know. We're going to see what we can do to keep your life as, you know, as good as it can possibly be until you pass out. We're not even going to deal with the prostate because this renal will probably take you before that. And then they send you home. Um, It's the only time I ever cried myself to sleep in my whole life that I can remember. Marlene was there, she held my hand, kissed my head, you know, just during that time. It just became overwhelming that night. But you know something? Sorrow may last for a night. What's the rest of this say? Joy comes in the morning. You see, the world can't take it away, folks. The world can't take it away. That's a dancing song in here. I've been, you know, as I said, I've been here 11 years. Jerry's going to start complaining because you're going to start wearing this rug out with all the dancing happening in here. You know, you're going to have to pull up all these chairs again, drag them over there, replace the spots where you people are just moving. So you're going to have to change positions. That's the only thing I can figure out. But uh, Yahweh's been good to me. Um, all the doctors came down to this. Um, they looked at my kidney, my renal cancer that I had. And uh, he comes back after I have the MRI done. And uh, he comes in and rather than sitting on his stool, you know, the doctors always sit on the stools that roll around, you know, but they stick you on the ones that can't move. (laughs) He comes in and he doesn't sit down. He leans up against his little table there, his tray with the sink in it. And I says, well, what's going on? And he says, I'm confused. (laughs) I says, is that good or bad? He says, I'm confused. (laughs) hallelujah he says nothing that small come on should cause anything that big in your body in fact we don't have they were looking at removing my a lot of body parts they were thinking about taking the prostate out thinking about taking the kidney out they ain't taking nothing out the miracle didn't happen but the revelation of Christ was always with me. 
My testimony, I got the fingerprint of God all over my life. It's unbelievable. You know, he didn't take me out of this thing. He walked me through this thing. That's the whole, that's the, you know, I don't mind, you know, uh, Johnny told me that the apostle said, you know, I don't know why people are scared to death. That's the only way you get to heaven. You know, I thought, um, that's an amazing word. <laughs> the apostles always got a word, you know. And uh, that's so true. But, I, you know, I got this thing about me. I'm, good, I'm supposed to live to be 100 and die healthy. That's, that's, my, uh, that's my testimony, you know. And I told the doctors that, and they just kind of shake their head. No, 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 no. Mortality table says you've got a 5.9% chance of making it for five years, you know. Now they're all confused. Now they're reducing my medication. Um, my PSA level in my prostate is down below one. You men, guys know what that means. Girls, you know, just believe me. Uh, you know, I had a, uh, you, you know, all this stuff that I did, you know, that they were all saying I'm going to die. Now they're all confused. They're lowering the medication that I've been taking. Uh, they did the surgery on my, on my kidney. And you know what? They took that off, sent it to pathology. 1.7 centimeters was cancerous. There was nothing outside of that. It was a clean cut. And it's, uh, it's been an amazing thing. All of this I went through, and there's so much more I could say about this, Mark, but I won't take up too much of your time. How's your eye doing? Okay. <laughs> Get used to it. <laughs> Get back up. And, um, and God bless you. You've done amazing work. One quick thing. When I had the radiation done, it was more than just standing there like an x-ray. They actually make a mold of my body, and then they make that mold, and then they bolt you to this machine so you can't move. They bolt you in there, and um, this big thing comes around. And, and this thing's coming around, and I'm thinking, oh, no. I don't want to go through this. You know, oh, I hate this. And the Holy Spirit spoke to me. As soon as I said that word, I was checked in my spirit about that. He says, if you hate something that you're allowing into your body, you're cursing yourself. Now, if, you, if you hate it, don't do it. I mean, you know, and I sat there and I thought, you know, I'll bet you this radiation isn't any worse for me than going to McDonald's and eating a Big Mac. And we'll, we'll sit there and we'll say, oh, God, thank you for this Big Mac. Thank you for this quarter pounder with cheese. And it ain't even cheese and it ain't even meat, you know. And we're thanking him for it. And we're blessing it to our body's needs. And hallelujah, you know, amen, glory to God. That machine's coming up over the top of me. And I said, thank you, Yahweh, for this radiation. Thank you that it is given to me for the blessings of my body. Thank you they're not making bombs out of this stuff today. But they have put something that Yahweh put into the earth. And they have learned how to take it right now, even in their ignorance. And I know it's such a, it, it's, it's, it's one of those therapies that, you know, isn't the best of things. But, you know, it has helped me. It has blessed me. To the point where my surgeon who looked at my back and they got inside of that uh, L1 vertebrae. And he says, I could not find any tumor in there. But yet it was so bad it had almost paralyzed my left side and my left hip. And um, hallelujah. But Yahweh left a little bit of residue inside of that um, L1 vertebrae. 
And my doctor just, and he told me, this is his words. I usually don't do this. He says, but I took that little bit of residue and I put it away and I, and I sent it out to pathology and just to find out what it was. And that's how they found out I had renal cancer in my kidney. If I had, he had not done that, if he had not done that, I could have gone on for years and it would probably killed me truly within their mortality table time rates, you know, it would have gone, but it was only at 1.7 centimeters. Um, I thank God for my doctors. I thank God for radiation. I thank God for a piece of steel in my back that's that long, you know, bridging my uh, vertebrae. I just thank him for it all. Because I wouldn't be able to stand here right now and speak to you about anything. It's not that I'm against eating the right food, taking the right vitamins. I took vitamins all my life. And I didn't get them at Walmart either. I spent a lot of money for them. <laughs> and uh, I still got two forms of cancer because Yahweh had a plan. He, there was things inside of me that he could only take out of me through the sufferings of this present day. That the momentary light affliction is working within me. The eternal weight of glory that he desires to have in my life. That's all I know. See, if you were as mean as me, you'd have to have this happen. <laughs> if, you, if you were as screwed up as I was, you know, God would have to do something really heroic like this, you know, to get through to you. Not all of you did, but I did, and I thank him for it. And I want you to rejoice with me. That's right. Rejoice with me. I refuse to, to get into the, the depression of how bad things could be. You can dig yourself a hole and throw yourself into it, and you're going to die right there. But the scriptures say the joy of the Lord is my strength. Hallelujah. That's right. It changes nothing. The joy of the Lord. One last thing. I used to sit, lay, lay in bed at night thinking of jokes I could tell about cancer. Just to bring some type of change into it rather than, oh my, what are the doctors going to say? Oh no, you have no idea what the doctor said. Oh no, I got to go for radiation again. Yeah, I mean, these testimonies are death. But there is a testimony of life out there. I used to sit around just thinking about jokes. I thought of a new one the other day. You know, guys that, you know, smoke all their life and they... Die, you know, they got lung cancer, you know? You know. My thing is, look at all the money you spent to get cancer. I got mine for nothing. Okay, God bless you. Hallelujah. I literally just put my water here inside of the mic. Awesome. That is, uh, the story, that story is important to me and has, has shaped my way of thinking about this in the day of trouble stuff more than just about anything I've heard. And the, the reason for it is not the result. You know, I love what he said about the, the miracle. I didn't get my miracle because it's about the heart. It's always about the heart. Yahweh desires to lead us through moments. And what we have as just natural human beings, what we have a, a hard time doing is kind of letting go of the wheel, you know, kind of letting go of that thing. It's, I've said this before, but it's, we want to get through moments and then give Yahweh glory when he's like, and I wasn't, I wasn't in that. You know what I mean? Like I, I didn't even, I didn't, 
you got, you, you know, you were healed by medication or, you know, just the way you carry your body or just that's how things worked for you, whatever, but you weren't, there's not a testimony in it. You know, there's not anything in that because I didn't walk with you in that, in that time. And um, if you will, just uh, open your Bibles to 1 Samuel 30. Ben said something uh, last week, not just something, many things that were incredible. Evan, I've been saying all week, you know, Yahweh didn't call us to navigate the river. He just called us to jump in, and that is incredible. But uh, one of the things that uh, quotes he made that I love is, the, uh, is that humility is the foundation for confidence. And, uh, you know, I think it's important to think about when, when we meet somebody in their day of trouble, when we come in contact with people and that are sharing something with us, you know, what is, what is our story founded on, right? Like, what is, what is the foundation? Because, you know, it's funny how, like, confidence, um, usually insecurity cloaks itself in confidence. You know, you, if, you don't, if you don't have that true foundation, that confidence can be shaken. But if humility... If, you're, if, if that is the foundation, then your confidence stands. And you never have to try to, to be it. You never have to try to do anything. That's just who you are. And so, uh, so this, I believe it's important, um, the, the heart of this. What is, our, what is our actual heart founded on? Here he comes. Glory, hallelujah. Um, y'all are just going to have to, to deal, deal with it. I, I have a horrible time with microphones. I don't know why, uh, but we'll, we'll make it through. Um, all right, so First um, Samuel 30, and you know, a, a long time ago, we talked about the, the story of David, and, uh, and, and that was awesome, and a great revelation to me, a great revelation to this house, that just, just how it paralleled with where we were. And uh, this, this particular part of the story is, is, um, is kind of during, towards the end of that cat and mouse game he's playing with Saul, David's running for his life, again, like, that dude, like, his, his younger years, he was, whew. He was getting chased all the time. So um, just going to read through this, and uh, we'll see where we go. So it says, uh, Now it happened when David and his men came to Ziklag on the third day that the Amalekites had invaded the south and Ziklag, attacked Ziklag and burned it with fire, and had taken captive the women and those who were there from small to great. They did not kill anyone, but they carried them away and went their way. So David and his men came to the city, and there it was, it was burned with fire. And their wives, their sons, and their daughters had been taken captive. Then David and the people who were with him lifted up their voices and wept until they had no more power to weep. And David's two wives, I'm not going to try to pronounce them, those two ladies. Um, I know, I know Sam, every time I do that, I think of Miss Sandy. She said, don't do that. You need to, like, learn those. So... Um, anyways, but they had been taken captive. Uh, now David was greatly distressed for the people spoke of stoning him because the soul of the people was grieved, every man for his sons and his daughters, but David strengthened himself in the Lord, his God. You know, that's the, that's the difference a lot of times is, uh, is where does your strength come from? Where does your help come from? And those sound like basic statements that we say as Christian people and kingdom people, but you know, it's, it's, it's about the foundation. Where, is, where are you rooted in these, t- in these days of trouble? 
Because a lot of times, even David here, I mean, this dude, he, they're following this guy. They're for this guy. They're helping him kill armies, and they're, get, you're, they're going to battle together. They're brothers, and then something bad happens, and they blame it all on David, and like, let's stone this guy because I'm angry. There's so much that manifests in the day of trouble for people. Uh, and, and if you aren't grounded and rooted in, in, in that, that process, in that heart, if you, if you don't really have the true foundation that, that's needed in a moment like this, things might not work out good for you. But, but David was great about the difference between David and those people was that he, that he immediately strengthened himself in the Lord. That he knew where his help came from. And he himself was grieving. It wasn't just them. It wasn't like he was the leader and, oh, man, I made a bad decision and everybody, you know, lost from it, but I'm good. He was in his day of trouble. And um, so let's just keep going here. Then David said to the priest, Amalek's son, uh, please bring the ephod here to me and... Uh, he brought the ephod to David, which I think is kind of, um, <laughs> I need me an ephod. Goodness gracious. I mean, I, I read about that, but what, it, what, it, what that says to me is that David set himself apart. You know, when you talk about the um, Talit, there's a lot of like setting yourself apart. Like that was kind of, I, I know I, I read about that because I don't really understand all those things, um, but uh, I know my brothers in Mobile are all about it, but they... You know, a lot of times people would travel with it. I'm not going to, this is just what I've read. So if I'm wrong, okay. But uh, that they would, that they, when they traveled, they were traveling a lot and they needed a place to kind of, to set themselves apart. So they'd cover themselves. They'd get in their secret place. It represented the secret place. And, um, and David here, the ephod's a different animal, but it's still just as bad. And he, and he was setting himself apart. And he just said, you know, I'm in this day of trouble amidst all these circumstances, amidst my brothers wanting to stone me to death, I'm going to set myself apart in this moment and step away for just a second. And I'm going to get my answer from here. Because if you look at the circumstances and try to find a solution in that place instead of knowing where your source is, you're going to come out wrong 100% of the time. It's why we are where we are uh, as a nation, really. Um, this has nothing nothing to do with that but I just want to make the statement that when it comes to our nation and I don't get political I'm not political my wife and her family kind of are but I always get on to her about saying like that that tying that should not be a part of this house Yahweh is neither Republican nor Democrat And we don't need to get caught up in those moments. I'm not saying that you can't believe what you believe and be affiliated. I'm just saying that don't go talk about that to people. Don't get stuck in that. Point them to the source, not Donald Trump, not Hillary Clinton or whoever else. That that has nothing to do with anything at all except for I just felt like I needed to say it. So, bam. All right. So, uh, so David inquired of the Lord, saying, Shall I pursue this troop? Shall I overtake them? And he answered him, Pursue, for you shall, shall surely overtake them without fail and recover all. So David went, he and the 600 men who were with him, and came to the brook of Bezor, where, they, where, those, uh, where those stayed who were left behind. But David pursued he and 400 men, for 200 stayed behind uh, who were so weary that they could not cross the brook of Bezor. 
Bezor. I think this is cool and kind of almost ties in with Ben and crossing, going where he's going. Because Bezor, uh, the, 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 the root of that word of what Bezor was, was uh, joy. Isn't that cool? It was, it was, it was joy. It was uh, cheerful. The root actually means good news. So these men, these men that were in this, this day of trouble, they came to this point where Yahweh gave them, a, gave them a word. They set themselves apart. They got a word. Yahweh was ready to lead them through that. Some men stayed behind and just decided, I just, I can't make it. And sometimes, you know, with it, actually David comes back and he, that's all good. Everybody was like, he actually let them back into this moment, even whenever they came back, the 200 men that stayed it wasn't about that. He, they were a family, and some just said, we got it. We can carry this. We're going to go across. But when they crossed over joy, when they get, went from their day of trouble, and they crossed over this brook of Bezor or joy or, or, uh, or good news, you see, because in this time, they, they know already. They haven't recovered yet, but they know they're going to. We don't see all the fulfillment of what we believe is coming, but we know it's coming. Right? So I, I, I think it's, it's really, to me, this story is so, is so cool. So, um, so David pursued he and, two, and, uh, and 400 men for 200 stayed behind uh, who were so weary that they, uh, they could not cross the brook. Then they found an Egyptian in the field and brought him to David, and they gave him bread, and he ate, uh, and they let him drink, blah, blah, blah. Anyways, basically, this Egyptian guy was part of that army that got left behind, that had taken all of the families and everything like that. They recovered all through this guy, giving them kind of a, a tip. You know, Yahweh brought someone in their path that was very unlikely uh, and, and gave them a tip. But those moments that we're looking for a solution, we won't ever have that tip. We won't ever have the way that Yahweh, Yahweh tries to lead us through. Um, you know, I wrote down, Yahweh desires the process because there's identification in those processes. That there's, there's a time where you learn not only who you are and, and can trust yourself and the spirit within you, but you learn who Yahweh is and you, and you learn he's good. You know, you, 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 can, you, you create even more, a more of a heart of thankfulness. And, and I'll tell you though, Let's get real that in the day of trouble doesn't always turn out the way we want it to. The result isn't always the cure. The result isn't always the miracle. But what we do as people is we base one, it, these great things can happen. People did this with our apostle. These amazing things can happen that he's done for their lives. And one thing bad happens and we base everything off of that one bad thing. So... The state of your heart in the process, how you walk through this process will determine the state of your heart after you get out of that process. And you can look at a situation and say, you know what? I lost, I lost. I, the thing did not happen. The cancer did not get cured. We lost somebody. That was not what I wanted to hear. And you can make that your theology. You can make that what you stand on. And everything else that comes after that, 
that's what you'll compare it to. Well, you get this fear in you and you go, man, well, I've, I've, I've walked through that. You won't have anything to give someone in their day of trouble. You don't go to someone and say, hey, yeah, I had, I had a dad that had uh, you know, cancer and, and it didn't work out uh, for him, but you know, I'll pray for you. No, like that's not what you carry. You carry and say, I know that my God is good all the time. No matter what situation, and just because this, this, I'm going to isolate this situation to say I, in the realm of mystery, and uh, I don't understand. But I'm going to continue to speak healing and peace and joy and recovery and redemption to this land, no matter what the odds look like behind me. Because this hope that we talk about, I believe it exists between the tension of your greatest day and your worst, you know? So you could, this, this thing, the day of trouble where people are in, it could go either way and you are meant to bridge that gap being the hope and saying like, listen, don't worry about over here and don't worry about over there, just worry about this process we're in, right? Because, because I, if, we're real with each, if we're real with people, which is what they need, they, like I say all the time, they don't need your scripture, they don't need your theology. These people out there need someone to be real and say, you know what, I'm in the process too. Like, here is me. Like, I'm in the process too, but guess who's with me? Let me introduce him to you. Makes that process a lot easier, and things are revealed in such an amazing way. That's what people need. They, they need to hear, not that like, they don't need to hear that like, they don't need empty words. They don't need empty doctrines of do's and don'ts. They need real. They need us to be people, individuals who have walked through situations. And Yahweh, if you can be real, he can use you in those moments. I'm not going to be able to relate to everybody that Ben can or, or Robert Allen can. I, I, I'm, I'm not going to be able to relate to everybody the same way because they have their story. But Yahweh is going to bring those in their path. That's why we say it's not about in here. This is an equipping. This is a gathering to get together and to worship and thankfulness of what we're being sent out into. I mean, this is uh, this is not this is this is not my ministry. This is our ministry. My ministry happens when I walk out of these doors. Your ministry happens when you walk out of these doors. We're, we are all outposts, and it doesn't need a building, right? It doesn't need a physical platform. But we have to keep our heads up and be looking for those moments. Um, so a uh, so story, I, I love stories, and uh, this, is, this is something that Yahweh um, did for Eva and me. I'm about to start a fire over here. I don't know why I keep... <laughs> uh, anyways... Um, <laughs> um, Eva and I, when we, when we first had uh, Frank, it was like, um, I don't know, this, he's probably three months old. And, uh, and he had, um, he started to get a, uh, this like, this like growth almost is, you know, um, and it was, it, we, we found out later it was a hernia, but basically he had, he was going to have to have surgery. He's three months old. And Frank, He's never been a good sleeper to death. Still isn't. Lord God help me. Um, but he, uh, but he, he really wasn't then. And he, you know, he always slept with Eva. And don't judge us. But he, he always slept with Eva. And Eva would nurse him in the middle of the night. The, the kid ate nonstop. Well, when we're sitting there getting consulted of, you know, telling us how the process is going to work, they're saying, you know, with surgery, uh, the tough thing is going to be that they cannot eat at all through the night. And we're like, oh, 
God, are you serious? And I mean, he just, I was like, this is going to be a sleepless night. But we feared that night, the night before surgery, for a week. We were just like, oh my God. That's, we weren't worried that much about the surgery. We were really worried about that night for us. <laughs> we're like, the doctors, I, I believe they've got it. I don't know if we've got it that night before, all right? Uh, but we, uh, so we, um, we went to, we were going to bed that night. I mean, I was so stressed. I remember being at work and being like, oh gosh, how's this going to work out? And finally get home and, you know, it's probably like a quiet dinner. We're just like, <laughs> all right, here we go. Good luck. Good luck. And, uh, but we went to bed that night and I just said, we, we, the three of us got together on the bed and I just, and I just stood up and I said, I said, uh, Yahweh, fill his belly. Fill his belly tonight and, uh, and, and just let him sleep in peace. And, and, and I know that's ridiculous. That, that's not what, that's not what the, the normal outcome is. I know that's completely different, but I just, I'm asking, I'm asking you, Yahweh, please walk us through this. Walk with us and help us in this moment. That boy slept the entire night. We woke up so many times to check on him. He didn't do that. He never had done that before, and he didn't do it after. Even today, the boy gets up in the middle of the night and comes in, Daddy, Daddy, I'm like, yes, Frank, we got to go back to bed. Come on. He's always waking up in the middle of the night, and he only has kind of some nights where he doesn't do that at all. So, like, that was an actual miracle. But what, what's the point of that story? Because that story turned out the way we wanted, but is that, that there, was, there was a revealing of Eva and myself to each other, that, we, that we, stood, we always say, we look back on that moment, and that's what we compare. Things that have happened not great throughout this process, uh, you know, with, with our kids or something, they get sick or something doesn't work out. I always go back to that moment. I don't go back to the bad moments. I go back to that moment where Yahweh walked with us in that. And Eva and I used what the authority that we had been given over our boy and spoke over him and it worked out and it was amazing. And it's, it's something that uplifts us all the time. We talk about that story today. Anytime there's something hard and, and I would, and I would, I encourage you that let those moments be your foundation because those are the things that are going to shine to these people that are in their day of trouble. Psalms 23, I want to, uh, this just talks about that. I, I remember I, I wrote this scripture a long time ago on my, uh, oh gosh, Lordy. Um, I wrote this scripture a long time ago on my chalkboard at our house. I never knew what it meant, it just sounded cool to me. And, I, and so I, I, I've always liked it, but I, I really believe that this is talking about this, this process that that Yahweh wants to walk through us. And it says, it's the Psalm of David. It says, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside the still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. Doesn't say I won't walk through the valley of the shadow of death. It says, I will walk through the valley of, shadow, of the shadow of death and I will fear no evil because no matter what situation you've walked through, you don't take that back into the valley of the shadow of death. You don't take that into your day of trouble. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup runs over. 
Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. The earth is the Lord's and it's all its fullness, the world and those who dwell therein. For he has founded it upon the seas and established it upon the waters. Who will ascend the the hill of the Lord? Or who may stand in his holy place? He who has clean hands and a pure heart. And I've said this before, I believe, but a, a pure heart. I'm not just talking about, oh, one that is without sin. I'm talking about one that is not tied down and heavy with the fear of those days of trouble. Someone that has let him walk him through those, by those still waters. One that has allowed him to, to shepherd us through his son, through Holy Ghost. To, to, to not make it about us and our power, not by our might, but by his. And, and, to, and, and Robert Allen talking about, you know, Yahweh, Yahweh used this in this moment. You know, Yahweh, Yahweh walked us through. I mean, that's... That's, that's a, I, that's tough. That would be tough for me to say. And that's amazing. Because he's more about, again, not the result, but the process. And the relationship that is built in that moment. It's incredible. So, here's my challenge today for us. And mom, if you want to go get uh, the kids. Um, but... Um, my, uh, my challenge for us today is, is to, and every day, but as a people, let's be real. When we meet people in the day of trouble, don't just try to tell them, you know, Jesus loves you. Watch. Tell, tell, me, tell me about what you're walking in today. You know, I think about the Doubting Thomas story, and, and you know, we, we try to hide our scars in a lot of ways. We try to, like, cover these things up and just say, like, I walked through it. One of the greatest things that I, I got to do here was, uh, was film people's testimonies and their stories. And I, was, I always would be like, you know, share what you want to. It doesn't happen. But I wanted them to, to share a lot. But what happened was is that people looked in the camera, and they shared their story. They shared in tears. They shared the, all of it. Every bit of it, things that they wouldn't typically want people to, to know. And it, it wasn't the nature of this house at the time. So I, 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 was, I was very impressed with it and I loved it. And, I, and, uh, and it, just, it just showed, it just said like, this is me. Here's the scars that I carry. Here's the process that I went through. And, and either I'm walking through it today and I'm still walking through it and I've been there for a long time, but you know, he is with me or it's I came out on the other side, but I didn't get there by myself. I walked this process with him. It was not about this house. It was about their testimony and the testimony of Yahweh and the relationship they have with them. And, uh, you know, and, and, it's, and so I said that about, about doubting Thomas. I always, the, the doubting Thomas, and I know there's times where he's, he's a, you know, that, why he gets that name. But to me, like in that moment when he said, you know, listen, I refuse to just believe you guys. I want to stick my hands on his side. I want to know that my, that my Lord is really here. And, and if, if Yeshua covered those scars, if Yeshua didn't have those scars, those who don't, that doubt, those who, who are looking for the real, if we cover those things up, they'll never be able to feel that and identify with us and say, I know that. I've been in that. So I, I, hear, I hear in my spirit for us as a, as a family, as the Rock of, of Bay County, that we expose ourselves. 
When, when we come into, in, into contact with people, we be real to those people. Don't preach your theology. Don't speak the scripture unless Yahweh's given it to you. But get in there and just say, you know, Yahweh, like, like, what do I need to say? to? Do you want me to share my whole heart, my full story? Because I know my foundation. I know my source. And whatever you have me do to point them to that source, you, it's all you. All you. Um. You know, vulnerability, Eva says, vulnerability is strength to Yahweh. And so I'm not saying that we're all this way. Some of us are really good, but there are those. I'm, I'm one too. I have trouble. Um, I have trouble just saying I have trouble. It's <laughs> an easy way to say it. But I, I do. I have trouble like, like sometimes just exposing that, that side of me. In fact, sometimes someone will come and say something to me that they're dealing with that I know that I have dealt with or that I'm dealing with, and, and it's more of like easier to say, well, man, we're, I'm with you. I'm with you. I got your back. I, you know, that, oh, well, thank you. Appreciate it. Johnny down the street said the same thing to me, so at least y'all have got my back. Perfect. I remember when my grandfather died, which for me was like losing a father because he was so close to me. Like, and I was a kid, like, I mean, I was 12, 13, something like that. But I, but I, it hurt so bad. I had never experienced anything like that. I was, it, it hurt so bad. And I remember being at the viewing and like just having this huge lump in my throat and kind of standing off to the side and all these people were coming to, you know, to, to see him, to view him, to pay tribute, to, you know, th- you know whatever, to, to say their I'm sorry's and everything like that. And I was, I remember sitting there to the side as, as a little boy and just like this huge lump in my throat trying not to cry. And, uh, and I, was, I was asking my friends, and this sounds almost like bad, but it, I was asking my friends, I was just saying like, you know, uh, have you ever had your grand, because that, for me, it was, it was kind of young. It was, you know, that, that he wasn't supposed to go then. Um, and so, so I was just like, did you ever have that? Because I was looking, I was looking for someone to say, yeah, you know, I walked through that too. You know, yeah, I've had that. Or, you know, yeah, my, my, my grandparent is sick or whatever else. Not because I wanted that for them, but because I just wanted someone that had the same scars and could walk through the same things and just tell me like, it's okay. And it not be empty words, but real. And, uh, and so, so I just, I encourage you to, to those moments in your life, be real. As a people, just because we're a church doesn't mean we can't be real and expose the truth because this generation out there does not need another, another church to tell them like it's all going to be okay with empty words. We're meant to be the hope. We're meant to build real expectation. This house is real. We are going to be we're, we're going to be that, that beacon of hope for Bay County and redeem this land. Amen? Amen. Amen.